0: Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Grab Grab f- your favorite uh,
1: beverage of any kind, Gatorade tea i don't know why i said gatorade um (laughs) juice okay (laughs) we're all the beverages welch's juice um sit back relax enjoy the deep Waters podcast
0: hi jay hi benjamin (laughs) what a beautiful day what a beautiful day it is I'm happy because we just had cucumbers with hummus and that just makes my heart happy.
1: It was great. It also feels more connected to the Mediterranean. (laughs) (laughs) Which is perfect. Which is way closer to where this book was written that we're talking about (laughs) than um, Idaho and the Pacific Northwest. So (laughs) I just somehow feel a little bit more connected to our brothers and sisters 2000 years ago.
0: Yeah, we're plugging into those cultural roots more than if we just had French fries. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, chicken tenders.
1: Yeah, potatoes are from, I think Mexico. Are they? I don't know.
0: Uh, Ireland. I always associate. I would. Yeah, with
1: for sure. I don't know. Idaho. I'm obviously. not a botanist. <laughs> I'm not a botanist, but I did say to Holiday Express last night. <laughs> Sorry, it's like my favorite joke. All right. Anywho, uh, this, hi, is, <laughs> this is this um, is part two. Mm -hmm. of the how to read the bible series that's right which coincides with sunday school at Mm riverhouse new thing we're doing new thing we're pioneering at riverhouse that's right a uh, sunday school before the sunday service
0: isn't that a crazy concept
1: it's pretty cool (laughs) Uh, maybe it'll take off maybe some other churches will start doing it too we'll we'll see oh we should uh license it
0: oh that's a good idea copyright Mm -hmm. totally i like that sunday school is alliterated You know, I don't know who came up with that in our Mm -hmm. church, but I know we were the first ones to invent it. (laughs) Probably. yeah. (laughs) Alliterated. Also, is that a word? Alliteration. I I like it. Um, I'm here for it. So last week we talked about what the Bible is. Mm -hmm. Uh, we unpacked, you know, that it's diverse. We talked about genre. We talked about patterns. I really went into a lot of different examples. Um, we like uh, the examples.
1: I'm glad it was good. I, I could have done a whole podcast of design pattern examples because it's just amazing yeah. to see the scripture come alive like that, man. Isn't it so cool? Meaning just pops.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think uh, <laughs> oh, that was sorry. That was some meaning. <laughs> uh, if if you could sum up maybe what we talked about last week, it's more what to do. When you're actually reading the Mm -hmm. Bible, like what, what do I look for? Yeah. You should look for genre. You should look for patterns. You should look for repetition. um, Look for meaning that's um, written within those literary devices. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what we approached last week. We could talk a lot more about that. You can tell I want to. We're not going to do that today. Mm -hmm. Today. What are we going to talk about, Jace?
1: Um we're going to talk about how I mean it's how to read the Bible. It's kind of in the thing like where like what do we what do we start with? Like do I, you know, read it all in the dark? Do I read it in the light? Do
0: I read it by a tree? Do I, you know, yeah. How do I read the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're not listening to it on the Dwell app next to a rose bush, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
1: the one where you can like pick different like accents to read the Bible? Yeah, I think even like some background music. Mm -hmm. I like the, there was, I only had the thing, like the trial for a little bit. Oh, good. But there's like a guy that did like the Swahili, like it was like a Swahili accent. Whoa. It was so cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was very, I, I, it was very relaxing for
0: me. Oh, if you do the dwell app, well done. I've Mm -hmm. never done it. Actually. I listen to the Bible sometimes with streetlights. Have you heard of them? Yes. Yeah. That's cool lights is sweet.
1: Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the Bible over like beats.
0: Yeah. It's like cool beats Mm -hmm. with cool voice actors even. Yeah. Kind of act it out. It sounds sweet.
1: It is really cool. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, I'm (laughs) from what I know, there's a lot of different ways to read the Bible.
0: Yeah. So I
1: think it might be good to like, you know, even say like if you're brand new to the Bible, Mm -hmm. maybe a good way to digest it. Yeah. And then maybe someone who is looking, or like, who's like deeply rooted in the Bible and has been studying it for their whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we could like probably give some direction on even a new way to read the Bible too.
0: It's good. Yeah. I, what I hope out of this conversation is that we don't just go around and say, Hey, there's only one right way to read the Bible and this is it chronologically mm-hmm. in a year. And if you're not reading it in that way, then you're not reading it right. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to present you a bunch of different ways to read scripture. Mm -hmm. And this won't be an exhaustive list. There are more ways to read the Bible, interact with scripture. Um, But hopefully this will just stimulate you to like think and dream about different ways to interact with it, especially because as a Christian, I know that the Bible gets stale Mm -hmm. sometimes and you just need to shake it up somehow. Yeah. There are ways that you can do that. Um, to remain in the word with it being a little more engaging and interactive. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think first, if I can, I didn't even write this on our notes and I'm feeling convicted by that, but probably the first way to interact with the Bible mm-hmm. is the way that the Bible was designed to be interacted with, which is in a community of people read aloud. Oh, Did you know that?
1: No, I did not know that.
0: In our culture, you think, oh, the Bible is supposed to be something that I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and get a cup of coffee and sit in a comfy chair Mm -hmm. and read it with some highlighters and pens in my devotion time. Yeah. Quiet time, as we call it. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty modern invention. Part of that is it assumes that we're all literate. Yeah. It assumes that we all have access to the Bible. Mm Mm-hmm. It assumes that we have the discipline to be a morning person, <laughs> 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 which is kind of a joke. Facetiously, I'm not a morning person, but I should try to do that more. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, when the Bible was written, we're even told in the Bible itself that the idea of the Torah was that it would be written on scrolls and then read by the priests to the whole congregation every certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And then also read aloud in the synagogues um, every week. So the Bible was something that was oral, super oral. Like you listened to it as a congregation. You didn't do it individually. It was a communal thing. Um, Even in the early church, like you didn't have a pastor who preached a sermon. The early church would come together and someone would read Paul's letter that he wrote to the church in Ephesus. And then the Philippians had like copied their letter and sent it to you also. Mm-hmm. So then the next week you would read the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians and wow. someone would stand up and like, who was literate, mm-hmm. they'd like perform it almost wow. like have those words in them mm-hmm. memorized sometimes, but not always. And, um, yeah, that you would like sit back and listen to it. Even in the beginning of revelation, it says, blessed are those who, listen to this word being read aloud. Wow. That's, that's a so paraphrase. Yeah. But is that interesting? Cause mm-hmm. it's a letter that was meant to be read aloud to a congregation of people. So mm-hmm. if we interact with the scriptures in the way that they were originally designed to be interacted with, then that's what we would do on Sundays mm-hmm. is just read the Bible and not just like a verse and then preach about that verse mm-hmm. for 30 minutes or 45 or an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> we would just read Ephesians. Wow. And then go home and have dinner with our families and talk about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) or not even we'd have dinner with each other. Yeah.
1: It's amazing how communal everything was like created to be in the, in the Bible. I Mm -hmm. didn't even think about like communion, you know? And I feel like our individualistic society is like made it much more of a singular thing.
0: Wow. It Um, really has, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that is like Western influence or what that is, but. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm like we need to just have scripture readings. How fun would that be?
0: So fun Mm -hmm. I felt kind of convicted by this just a couple weeks ago So much so that kenny our youth director and Mm -hmm. I started talking about what we should do about it And so we're gonna have a series of events in the coming months where that's what we do is just read the bible Yes, and there's one night i'm really excited about it's gonna take us like three three and a half hours But we're gonna read the gospel of matthew together as a youth group
1: that's cool.
0: Well, the whole thing. Yeah. Just Just read it. And we're going to have different people stand up and read different chapters. And we're going to have food probably in the middle, so we break it up a little. But mm-hmm. um, I'm excited because I've never interacted with the Bible quite like that before. Yeah. That's really neat. Isn't that fun? That's so cool. And then it's like, hey, our, our youth students don't need to feel like they've been, you know, we, they should be shamed because they haven't been reading through Matthew on their own. Yeah. Let's just come to this event and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And then... Go home. Think about it and we'll talk about it. That's cool. I love that. I'm glad you're doing that. Thanks. I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be great.
1: Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. the Bible. It's the Bible. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So if you've never interacted with the Bible in that way, I challenge you kind of like I felt challenged recently to try it somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Read it with your family. Read a Psalm together before you go to bed Mm -hmm. or I don't know. Something like that. (laughs) Maybe with your house church, you can ask if you could just read. I think if you read Ephesians, it would take you about 20 minutes. If you're your average reader, Mm -hmm. that would take me about 60 minutes because I'm a really slow reader. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, there's one way how to Mm -hmm. read the Bible. Out loud. Out loud. (laughs) Listen to it. Perfect. Listen to someone else read it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is great for people who are Yeah, even on the Bible app You can hit the
1: little play button at the bottom And it'll just start reading
0: Amen Mm -hmm. That's great And some Usually some British guy So Isn't that great We love British people Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So There's option number one Option number two I don't know What do you think about When you read the Bible, Jace?
1: I think I think you kind of touched on it Like a devotional time Like little I think little chunks is how I usually read it hmm. is like let me read this chapter or part of a chapter or just a parable of Jesus hmm. and see where that takes me um but I also like have tried to read the bible all the way through before and like try to just like eat so much of the bible so I yeah. uh, but I and I feel like I get different things out of different types of reading Huh. Um, I don't know if that's the case for you. I feel like wow. if I really try to like just pump through Exodus or Leviticus, you know, and it's like, I'm mostly like, I'm reading it to have said I read it. And that's probably not the best way to do it. You know, like, I don't want to do that. I want to be gleaning stuff from it. So
0: that's really good. I relate to that.
1: But that's my own thing.
0: Like I set this goal. I'm going to read the Bible in a year Mm -hmm. and I have three chapters to read tonight and I'm just going to crank through them because I'm tired and I need to go to bed. Yeah. I do that way too often. (laughs) (laughs) Confession moment. (laughs) I appreciate your vulnerability. So do I. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You're you're not alone. I'm glad. Anybody who relates to that say Yay. Okay, if you didn't say yay, congratulations, you are holier than us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I'm thinking about how you could think about reading the Bible in a year, and that could be a criticism that you have of reading it in a year, and then you would never read it through. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be missing something. Because there really are pros and cons to the different Mm -hmm. ways of reading the scriptures.
1: I think what's hard for me, and I've heard this from other people, is they'll just pick up the Bible like a new Christian event and just start page one and just start going. Mm -hmm. And it's like pretty cool at the beginning and then gets pretty dry. And I just don't know if that's the best way to read it. Like maybe if the whole story, like we've said is pointing to Jesus, maybe you start with Jesus and then you do the prequels like that. And maybe that's the better way to do it. I don't know. Like when it comes to reading it in order, what are your thoughts or what is order? whoa (laughs) (laughs) that was a much bigger question than I was hoping to ask (laughs) what's the best like what what is like I know the Bible is ordered in our Mm -hmm. books all the same I can sing you the song Mm -hmm. Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers do the right thing oh Um, nice
0: That was fun. I never learned that. I didn't go to Christian school. So Uh, you win.
1: There's a whole song. I can do the whole thing for you right now. Yes. I don't think we have time for that. Next podcast. We'll, we'll lose listeners if we do (laughs) Um,
0: yeah. So order, I think it maybe depends on who you are, where you're coming from. If you've never read the Bible at all before, and you don't Mm -hmm. even know what to do, definitely start in the new Testament with one of the four gospels. Yeah. Um, I don't think that means it's wrong if you start at Genesis, but that's going to be harder on you. Um, yeah, I would start in one of the Gospels for sure. I don't think you can go wrong between the four Gospels. Um, I would say John talks more about who Jesus is from like a theological, artistic Standpoint, mm-hmm. You hear like the I am statements, Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. Um, so there's a lot of, oh, this is who Jesus is claiming he is. Uh, let me look to him. And y- mm-hmm. y- you get a lot of, yeah, just beautiful identity of Christ Yeah, in John. So if that sounds good to you, read John. Oh, it's amazing. It opens with this beautiful poem that mm-hmm. you won't understand very well. If you haven't read the old Testament and that's okay, just like enjoy it and then keep rolling. And then someday if you read a ton of the old Testament, then that poem is going to pop for you in a new way, which is so fun. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, if that for whatever reason sounds a little too artsy, maybe you want some more practical details of Jesus's life. Mm -hmm. I would say read Luke. Um, you get the birth narrative. Um, you read about, yeah, like when he was casting demons out of people and when he was healing people and different sermons and parables that he said, um, all four of the gospels tell you about the crucifixion and the resurrection, which is the most essential part. So Mm -hmm. thankfully we all have that. But like, if you, if you read, um, I'm forgetting. Exactly. I think the only miracle that is in all four of the gospels is the feeding of the 5,000. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? That is super interesting. I didn't know that. Um, You might have to fact check me on that. Okay. But I feel like I recall that from my New Testament class. <laughs> fact checking now. But like if you only had Luke, you would miss details that we get from John. Uh, like, yeah, it was feeding the 5,000. Oh, yeah? You're correct. Oh, thank you, Google, for... Verifying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the the whole story of Lazarus being raised from the dead is insane and you only get that in John. So um, there's a lot of overlap, but there is difference. And mm-hmm. so spend, spend time in different ones. But yeah. if I were you, person who hasn't read the Bible really at all, I would say start in Luke and then also read Acts. Both Luke and the Acts of the Apostles were written by Luke, the same person. Um, as kind of a two volume work. So it's meant to be one story, Luke Mm -hmm. acts. Um, So I would probably start there. That way you get the vision of who is Jesus. um, What did he do? And what is the church and Mm -hmm. the Holy spirit? And how do I fit into this? Yeah,
1: totally. Like Uh Jesus leaves what happened to his followers. Yep. Join for part two. Mm, Amen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the easiest way to start. Mm -hmm. If, you're listening and it's like, Oh, I've done that. Mm -hmm. I know that totally don't bother me with that. Then I don't know what's another good place to start, but you don't want to jump into Genesis for some reason. I would maybe start in either the, the letters of Paul maybe, or first Samuel. Mm -hmm. I think there you get fun stories about King David And then the kingdom of Israel, and you're going to start to like see a picture of Israel and the cultural group that Jesus is coming out of. Mm -hmm. And that's relatively easy to understand because it's narrative. Um, But I would say if there's a listener who's really struggling right now with a lot of pain and grief in your life, read Job. Mm -hmm. I mean, go there. It's a heavy book and it's going to disturb you. Um, but if you're in grief, it will, it might be comforting because you feel like you can relate to it. You know.
1: Is Job technically the, the oldest book? Oh, Do I have, have that right? That? Yeah. Yes. Is that true? Um, Like, so if you were gonna read it from like mm -hmm. old oldest to newest chronologically, yeah. How does that work? Because it's not. I guess it doesn't happen before Genesis,
0: right? Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, people debate this conversation. Okay. But typically, Job is dated as the earliest book of the Bible. Oh wow. Um, At least whole book. Okay. So if you read a chronological bible and they kind of cut up the books and put them in a chronological order which is a very western thing to do yeah (laughs) so funny not at all a hebrew thing to do Mm -hmm. they would almost be offended by that i think but that doesn't mean a chronological reading is wrong Mm -hmm. um it's just a different way to do it that Mm -hmm. the hebrew mind would never come up with um Uh, But in the chronological Bible, I think they typically say that Job happens in the middle of Genesis around the time of the patriarchs. Like by patriarchs, I mean, Abraham, Mm -hmm. Isaac and Jacob. Um, Job was probably living in a city state that dates to around 2000 BC. Um, But that's a guess. Yeah. You know, the, the language of Job is the most peculiar Hebrew that we have in the old Testament, which gives you a sense that it's written in kind of a different, different pocket culturally. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are words that only appear in Job and don't appear anywhere else. So we actually don't know how to translate some of the words. They're just guesses, (laughs) which hopefully that doesn't scare you. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's not like it changes theology or anything, but, um, yeah. You could say that Job is the oldest book, mm-hmm. especially if you believe that Genesis one and two were actually written right around the time of the creation of all things. Then those are the o- earliest yeah. by far. Yeah. But anyway. Wow.
1: Um, in our <laughs> notes,
0: you also have the Hebrew order of the Bible. Oh, yeah. What, what does that mean? <laughs> Thanks. um. Yeah, so the the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, sometimes called the Tanakh, um, consists of the Torah, which mm-hmm. is a Hebrew word meaning instruction or law, and then the Nevaim, which is the Hebrew word meaning prophets, and then Ketuvim, which is the Hebrew word meaning writings. So Tanakh, oh, wow. t- Torah, N. Netuvim or Nevaim and Ketuvim Tanakh. Do you see oh, that? Wow. Yeah. I but, didn't realize it was like a word like that. Yeah. I forget what that's called. What is that? An anagram? Sure. Something like that. Anyway, it. that's what Tanakh is. It's basically I think the old Testament, okay. but the way that the Jews order it is different than the way that we order it. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to Google that and send us an email, yeah, I'd like to hear, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a little different of an ordering And you get like all of the prophets together. um, And what counts as a prophet is like Samuel. um, There's like the historical narrative of Kings. Mm -hmm. um, But Chronicles isn't considered history in the same way that Samuel and Kings are. Um, Chronicles is considered more of like a, like a, Poetic representation wow. of Israel's history mm-hmm. um, that's trying to convey different meaning. And so Chronicles is actually the last book in the Tanakh oh, wow. in the Hebrew order. Um, which is really intentional. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's fun,
1: right? It, learning about the Bible, did you were you ever told that like there were major prophets and minor prophets? Oh, yep. Yeah, is, that's good. That threw me for a loop a little bit because I'm like are the minor prophets less important or are they just because they were shorter books?
0: Mm, just shorter, schools. shorter books. So yeah. they're
1: not any less important to the story of Israel, right? No, no, no. Okay. I wouldn't say so. All right. I just had that thought now. I'm like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> these poor prophets. The major and the minor poor, league. Yeah. It's like these are the the more elite <laughs> prophets. Um, I mean, we poor definitely, Amos. <laughs> poor Amos, <laughs> poor Obadiah, <laughs> Nahum, <laughs> Whoever cared for Nahum. Well, hopefully all of us. Um, But no, one thing that's kind of fun that I learned is, uh, you know how the, this is the way that Hebrew minds work. They play with numbers and patterns. Um, There are three patriarchs, Abraham, his son, Isaac, and Isaac's son, Jacob. Right. Mm -hmm. So often when you're reading the Old Testament, you hear about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are the three patriarchs. Um, How many major prophets are there off the top of your head? Do you know? I'm Uh, guessing three. I've just set you up. Okay. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the largest prophetic books. And then how many tribes of Israel are there? Twelve. How many minor prophets do you think there are? Seven. (laughs) Twelve. Twelve. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Um, And what they're trying to say is that this prophetic revelation that comes from the three major and the 12 minor is the fullness of God's people's prophetic revelation in the scriptures Mm -hmm. and the way they communicate that is through numbers. Isn't that fun? That's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the Hebrew, um, the 12 minor prophets are all one scroll. They're not 12 mini scrolls. Um, it's called the scroll of the 12
1: prophets. Mm Wow, I did not know that. that interesting? That's super interesting.
0: Yeah, so it just flows one from the next. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyway, it's intentionally designed. They all are significant. Um, Don't think any less of one just because it's short. Totally. Like Obadiah. Poor guy. I think he only gets one chapter. Dogs. (laughs) Uh, Wow, this has been a fun little... I feel like I've, Oh no, we were talking about Hebrew order. Yeah. Hebrew right. order. Yeah. We're, yeah. Do, we're we're on it. We're on it. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing the thing. It's we're good. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, yeah. So that's one way that you could read mm-hmm. the Bible. You could read it straight through in the way that your English Bible is set up and that wouldn't be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, what's fun about that is it puts Kings and Chronicles right next to each other. So you could compare and contrast like the same story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then if you do the Hebrew order, that's the way that the Bible project reading plan does it. Oh. Um, so if you want to follow with the Bible projects, read the Bible in a year, they'll do it that way. Um, and that's fun. Don't, do they have an app still called read scripture? Is that still a thing? Do you know? But they do have an app. I don't know that it's called read scripture anymore. Okay. Um, I know that you, yeah, look up their app if you want it. You can also look up the U version. Or, um, oh, there's another reading plan that I've heard a ton of people are going through right now, but I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, jumping on one of these reading plans, I think is a great idea. Mm -hmm. If you want to ingest a lot of scripture, you can do it chronologically. You can tell maybe I have a little bit of a bias against the chronological order of it, but it actually might be helpful for you to understand, okay, what was happening where? Mm -hmm. Because in the story of, um, David running from Absalom, it's going to give you a break and then give you Psalm 3. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, sweet. This is when that happened, which is helpful. That is cool to see those connections. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you don't get as much unless you're really intentional mm-hmm. without doing the chronological order of things. But the chronological order might confuse you when it puts Job in the middle of Genesis because then you think, like I had someone recently ask me, uh, and if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> I had someone recently ask me, why did God choose Abraham or Abram to be his chosen person yeah. and not Job? Because the early part of Job tells you that God favored Job more than anyone, that he was like the most perfect man on the earth at the time. Mm-hmm. And then if you're reading chronologically, then you think, well, they're contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Job and Abram would have both been on the docket for my chosen people, yeah. according to God. Mm-hmm you don't have that question in your mind if you're reading it in the Hebrew ordering. Yeah. Job is just doing something different. Mm -hmm. Um, so that question only exists really when you take it chronologically. Um, yeah. So I hope that makes sense. There are strengths and weaknesses. That makes sense. That's good. Every way to read the Bible. So just Mm -hmm. recognize that I think, um, and recognize that in reading it through, you might miss some of the details. You might miss some of the like, tender revelations that God wants to give you in any moment because you're trying to get through it. Um, but also because you're eating so much of it, you'll see it with more of a bird's eye view and you'll start to catch the overarching narrative in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I would say don't only read the Bible on a reading plan through in a year, Mm -hmm. but that's a great way to do it. I'm doing it right now. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: All right. Have you ever read the Bible in a year?
1: No. No. It took me longer than a year.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, so you kind of did it through, though? <laughs> yeah, I did do it through, though, mm. once. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why we have this flex. Like, it has to be in one year. Mm-hmm. How about for people who read slower like me? We just, <laughs> just doub- do double it. the time. Yeah, totally. Do it in two years and just mm-hmm. read half as many chapters every day.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's so many parts of the Bible that I want to read again and just, like, sit in, but I just haven't yet, so. Wow.
0: Wow. I like that. Why do you use the word sit in? Will you mm. unpack that? Uh, Yeah, I think,
1: I think there's times where it's just like to, I guess, meditate on a certain passage. Mm. But even just like, you know, the story of David, you know, read through that a few times and just see what you kind of get out of it. Because I think there's times just that that focus on that was going to bring more fruit from it I Mm. think so that's what I mean I guess that's what I mean by sit-in is just to Mm. to dwell on it longer than a a one-time read through
0: that's great I think that's a super valid and maybe even critical way that we should be reading the bible sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, instead of just plowing through it's like read a story then read the same story again Mm -hmm. and then read it again (laughs) yeah and then do it again and then
1: maybe it's just or be reading and something pops out and you stop and you just read that bit over and over again for a while. You yeah. know, there's only been a few times where I really felt like the Lord led me to camp on verses, you know, huh. but it was always so fruitful. It was like, Oh wow. Like even just sitting here, it's like, Oh, I'm sitting, I'm just seeing more connections and I don't know that kind of thing. So can you think of an more, example? That's a, I was oh, I like, I started to say
0: that and then I'm like, I don't know if I have an example of this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't have I'm trying any. to think if I have an example. I mean, the Lord has had me on Psalm one mm-hmm. for a while and I, I memorized it because it felt like an important thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the things that I put down in our notes is that's one way to read scripture is to memorize it. Um, that was another ancient way to do it. The, like the ancient Jewish boys, unfortunately it was just boys, but when they would go to Torah school, Mm-hmm. They would memorize the Torah. They they would commit the Hebrew to memory. And that way it's in them. Mm-hmm. There's something really powerful about memorizing scripture, which, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen it. Like I have a tool belt that I'm walking around with mm-hmm. spiritual word of God, tool belt. Yeah. And if I've never memorized any scriptures, my tool belt is empty. Mm-hmm. I don't have any tools. But let's say I memorize Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, mm-hmm. present your requests to God Yeah, with thanksgiving and the peace of God. You know, that wonderful bit. Mm-hmm. Um, say I memorized that scripture. It's like I'm taking a tool out of the Bible and I'm putting it in my tool belt. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm walking around in life, oh, anxiety slaps me in the face. I'm going to pull that tool out. It's like the Holy spirit reminds me, Oh, that's in your tool belt. Mm -hmm. Just remind yourself about Philippians four. And then I'm thinking, Oh yeah, actually I shouldn't be anxious. I should pray about this right now and be thankful. Mm -hmm. And in that maybe the peace of Christ will guard my heart and my mind. Yeah. But I wouldn't have had that protection or that moment of like practical revelation. Mm -hmm. If the, bible wasn't baked into me by the memorization that's so good
1: that's so good i think one of those i i did think of one one that i have camped out in a lot and that was psalm 63 mm. so good say that the god you are my god earnestly i seek you i thirst for you that one i just for me i feel like i am drawn probably most to like gluttonous patterns And, and I feel like this one bring like I, whenever I'm like wanting to, you know, indulge too much in anything, I feel like I come to this and just want to like feast on the Lord and like do not feast on, you know, whatever you want to feast on a bunch of donuts or something, (laughs) um, or like binge watching YouTube or Netflix, you know, like it's like, no, like I will be satisfied in the Lord, um. And like, I will meditate on him and it's just, it's such a good, it's one of my favorite Psalms, maybe my most favorite.
0: That's really fun. Cause you're connecting it with super practical things in your life. I'm just noticing the way you're doing that, like mm-hmm. eating donuts. <laughs> I was like, maybe the moment that you are tempted to divulge in some kind of fleshly appetite, yeah, the Holy Spirit reminds you, Oh, the only thing that really satisfies you is me.
1: Totally, yeah. It's like this wow. will—I mean—these donuts will taste great, yeah, <laughs> right now. But in twenty minutes, you will completely regret it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's a million things that could, you know, follow that same pattern. Wow. Um, but I've never feasted on the word of the Lord and regretted it.
0: Wow! Praise God. Mm-hmm. Honestly, say that. I'm thinking it's a really common question and problem. Hmm. And. I think maybe the church at large, I was going to say, especially the charismatic church, but I don't know if that's true I just want to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you relate to that. If any listeners relate to that, I just want to hear the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Memorizing scripture is an excellent way to do that. And honestly, like take some of God's word, put it into you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then God can use it to speak to you whenever. But like, God's just, I mean, rarely will the Lord spontaneously give you words like, Oh, um, I don't know. Fix your eyes on Jesus setting aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely and run the race with endurance that's set before you. Just like Jesus went to the cross for the joy set before him. (laughs) And anyone who has that Bible verse memorized, you know what I'm doing? That's, Hebrews 12, yeah. chapter or verse two. Um, like those words, the Holy Spirit pulls them out of me. If mm-hmm. I'm about to sin Yeah, and it, it, the Lord's like, wait, Benjamin, lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely. This mm-hmm. thing that is right in front of you is clinging closely. Put it aside. Fix your eyes on me so for good. the joy set before you just like I endured the cross and all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, there's, a, there's an opportunity for revelation in memorized scripture. Yeah. Don't you
1: think? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, totally. Cause it's like, yeah, if it's inside of you, all the, the Holy spirit just has to remind you of that. And so I feel like it's easier mm. to recall a recall a stored file than it is to just create something new, you know? Yeah, totally. And not to say that God doesn't Speak new things and no, totally that kind does. of thing too. So, yeah. but I know I like I really like the way you did that. Mm,
0: thanks. Yes, yeah, so that's a, that's one way to read scripture, memorize it. You know, I didn't even think a little connection there. Look at you having scripture in you. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I, yeah, I know the, the armor of God. I don't know where it's at in the Bible. (laughs) You know, Ephesians six. Great.
0: Praise God. I don't know the verses, but it's in there.
1: That's like, I am terrible with references,
0: but I forgot that it was the belt of truth. I knew there was a belt. (laughs) I forgot what it was. The tool belt of truth. The tool belt of truth. (laughs) the breastplate of righteousness i know mm-hmm. that one the mm-hmm. shield of faith i had that uh, i had a shield of faith necklace so i remember that one. oh nice anyway i digress but maybe that's a fun way to connect you to scripture too jewelry jewelry yeah totally <laughs> well, honestly <laughs> some people would do tattoos mm-hmm. other people are saying benjamin the bible says in leviticus 19 not to get a tattoo you heretic don't tell me to get a tattoo totally <laughs> and we could talk about that i'm going to um, get
1: a tattoo while i boil some goat and milk <laughs> watch me
0: watch (laughs) (laughs) and not just any milk but it's mother's milk mother's milk oh it is mother's milk that's what it was yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. okay oh funny Um, jokes so
1: i love being able to just dive into scripture Mm -hmm. and there's so much to glean there but there's also a lot of scholars and people that have gone before us that have done so much Mm. of this like uh divination's the wrong word but like unpacking of the bible yeah sure um and so like what what are the best ways you've found to like interact with
0: scholars in that way cool like, question yeah you phrased that really well i think cuz there are people who have committed their lives to understanding the scriptures in a more studious academic way mhm and To us people who just love the Holy Spirit, sometimes that sounds like it's devoid of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, But I would say, no, it can be devoid of the Holy Spirit, but does not have to be. I would say I've interacted with the Holy Spirit really profoundly in scholarship Mm -hmm. and academics. So um, if that's something that you want to do, do it. Read a study Bible is Mm -hmm. like probably the easiest way to do it. Get a study Bible and look at the footnotes. The ESV study Bible, I think, is a terrific resource. So it is just really good. Buy one of those.
1: It also has great pictures.
0: Yes. I love a good picture. Mm-hmm. Maps. I wow. don't know what it is about maps. They just fire me up.
1: I remember being a kid <laughs> and in church and always just wanting to go to the maps in the back because they were colorful. Oh. Like being a really young kid. Yeah. I'm talking like 18, 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, It's like picture books. But though. I just That's was always I was like, still... I don't know what these maps mean, but it's like the most interesting part of the Bible.
0: <laughs> it's like pretty colors. Yeah, totally. Lines and stuff. <laughs> That's fun.
1: Um, what's the difference between a study Bible and a commentary?
0: Oh, yeah. So a uh, study Bible is a Bible with commentary in the footnote. Mm-hmm. So it's like it has the scripture in the top half tip- typically or the top two thirds. Yeah. And then down below... There are little footnotes that say, "Oh hey, up, up top in chapter three, verse twenty, mm-hmm. you read this. Um, here's what scholars think about it. Mm-hmm. And it'll just give you a little nugget. Um, it won't uh, don't expect it to answer all of your questions. Yeah. If you do, the study Bible will always disappoint you because it can't. <laughs> Um, but it will give you some good answers occasionally, Mm -hmm. um, some good context. Yeah. Um, it might connect things to other things that are really helpful. If you're reading Mark and it's like a prophet said something and then, you know, you go down to the footnotes and it tells you which prophet Mm -hmm. and why John the Baptist said what he said. And you're like, Oh wow, that's helpful. Thanks. Yeah, totally. Or if you're confused about some symbol in revelation, that's a great place to get confused. Um, Mm -hmm. go to the footnotes and see where other parts of the Bible say that same symbol. And Mm -hmm. that's going to help you. I don't think it'll answer all your questions, but it'll start to help. So that's a study Bible. A commentary is a nerdier book (laughs) (laughs) where typically it'll tell you like the verse by verse as much context historically and linguistically as possible. So it'll say, okay, this word in the Hebrew means this, and it appears in the Bible 326 times. Wow! This many times it appears in this way. This many times it appears in that way. And this is how we can learn about what's happening in this one verse because of these contextual connections historically. Wow, so yeah. like really it's a deeper dive. Okay. Um, And different commentators... Um, I I wouldn't ever look at one commentary like it is sacred Mm -hmm. um, because they're just scholars doing their best to understand the scripture. But if you get three different commentaries, they might unpack the same verse in three different ways. Interesting. So I would compare commentaries. If you get one, great. Enjoy it. Soak Mm -hmm. it up. But don't assume that the interpretations in that one are God's word. Okay. Um, Look at other commentaries. And one cool way to do that, that I did it in college was we had like a European commentary, an American commentary, an African commentary. Oh, wow. Um, And different cultural perspectives tend to give different interpretations. Yeah. There's um, like a a female commentary. If it's Mm -hmm. written by women, Mm -hmm. they just view the scriptures differently. Yeah. Or this isn't a commentary, but there's a book called Reading While Black Mm -hmm. about how someone who's a descendant of like American slaves an African-American yeah. person reads the Bible differently. Wow. Especially the Exodus mm-hmm. and uh, all their hymns in the black American church, not all, but so many of them are still grounded in like, let my people go, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's cool. So um, interpretation is going to vary based uh-huh. on the lens of that commentator. So just be aware of that and yeah, give yourself some diversity if you really want to deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is just a word study. Hmm. That sounds really nerdy. Maybe uh, I've already sounded super nerdy. Uh, you were way past that point. How deep in the weeds
1: <laughs> are we right now? No. no, I mean, this is, I feel like this is a good, it's okay to go deep here. Cause yeah. it's like, these are people interested in how to read the Bible, and get the most out of it. Good. Okay. So let's study these words.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if you do a word study, here's a great one. Okay. I'll tempt you. Early in the Bible, um, Genesis 2, Mm -hmm. God creates Adam, Adam. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, wow. I'm tempted to say so many things right now. Oh, no. Trying to reel it in. Um, (laughs) And God says, it is not good for Adam to be alone. And then says, I'm going to make for you an Azar which is a Hebrew word that we translate in the English often as helper. I mm-hmm. bet some of you listening even knew. Yeah. I'm going to make for you a helper. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you hear the word helper, Chase? Uh, I think
1: helper, like assistant, subservant, Sure. Secretary. Those, <laughs> secretary, things like that.
0: Sure. Like I'm the primary person doing this task. Yeah, there's like the main person and like the helper is just the... It's like the sidekick. Mm -hmm. Sidekick. That's a good word. The Robin to my Batman. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which I'm not a woman, but from what I hear of women who read that, it sometimes feels belittling. Yeah. You're like, huh, dang. And then if you did, I'm just the helper. But then if you did a word study on Azer, Mm -hmm. you would find that almost every time that that word is used in the Bible, it's talking about God being our Azer. Oh, wow. God is our helper. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think of God as your helper, you probably don't think of a secretary. Yeah, not at all. Administrative assistant and no shame to administrative assistants. Totally. If it wasn't for them, I, I would be so disorganized. (laughs) Um, but God is like essential and salvific. Meaning he brings salvation. Sorry. That's kind of a big word. Um, when he is the Azer. He's saving the day. That's the kind of azer that the woman is in Genesis two. Mm -hmm. Um, so the word helper doesn't really do us justice, but you don't really know that unless you do a word study. So if you're curious about something in the Bible, I would say, I mean, it's easier for me to say this because I've studied Hebrew for years, Mm -hmm. but try and look up what that word is. In the original language, Hebrew, if it's the old Testament, most Mm -hmm. likely sometimes Aramaic or Greek in the new Testament and just figure out where else is that said. Um, like in Matthew 24 talks about, um, how the gospel has to be preached to the whole world. Mm -hmm. And then you look at that word. I forget how to pronounce it. Um, I don't, I'm not even going to attempt it, but that that Greek word for the whole world is also used in Luke chapter two when it says they did a census of the whole empire, of the Roman oh, Empire. Um, it's the same word. So in one you get this sense that it's like the whole globe, mm-hmm. the entire planet Earth, but in the other you get it's just the civilized Roman Empire. And if you do a little word study on that Greek word, you'll discover that it's not necessarily talking about the entire planet. Is it cosmos? It's not cosmos okay. and that's, what's important. Okay. If it was cosmos, it would change things. Yeah, okay. It's like Okanume or something. Oh wow. Um, I butchered that anyone who knows Greek is probably laughing at me right now, but, um, yeah, I could tell you maybe where mm-hmm. to look it up, but anyway, just an example there of, if you did that Greek word study, you would see, oh, they're not saying cosmos. Why not? Um, now I'm understanding Matthew 24 a little differently. Yeah. If they had said cosmos, this might've meant something different. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that'll just help you unpack meaning. So you can do that. I think the easiest way to do word studies is with Bible hub. It's a website. Okay. Just Google the verse that you're interested in. Um, and you can type in Hebrew if it's in the old Testament or Greek, if it's in the new Testament and then the interlinear Bible is the one that puts the English word right next to the original language. Well, that's cool. And you can like click on the original language word and it'll show you all of the uses of that original language word in the Bible. It'll tell you every time wow. it's used, how it's translated. Um, it'll tell you like the grammar of it. Second person masculine singular you know and yada yada mm-hmm. so if you really want to get into the weeds that's a that's a cool way to do it that's amazing mm-hmm. people have really uh documented this stuff well oh that's my goodness wild. yeah it's unsearchable how much people have nerded out over mm-hmm. this book <laughs> i mean it is a bestseller it is <laughs> yeah it is it's the greatest selling book in the history of humankind yeah yeah for sure well done <laughs> way to go holy bible <laughs> Um, does that exhaust pretty well? Maybe the study studious academic part? Yeah, I of think this? so. I think that's, that's one way that you study or one way that you read the Bible is in, mm-hmm. in a studious deep dive. Yeah. Um, another is like devotional. Mm-hmm. Also, how much, how much time do we have left? Uh, we're at like 50 minutes right now. All right. We're doing good. We'll just go for a couple more hours. Yeah. Um, (laughs) devotional. You brought that up earlier when you said Mm -hmm. you read the Bible, like you might just read a parable of Jesus. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of Lectio Divina? I have. Do you know what it is? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, it's where you read it. Then you, (laughs) yeah. Uh, read it slowly. Yeah. Basically something like that. You, you like, it's a, a certain way to read scripture that. I'm forgetting who, a Catholic saint kind of invented that term, Lectio Divina. Saint um, Divina? I want to say Ignatius of Loyola, but I could be wrong. Um, But anyway, it, it's a way of like reading through and then listening for a certain aspect of the text that like pops out to you. Maybe there's a word that's highlighted. Mm-hmm. Then read it again. Listen more. Um. See if there's an image that pops out to you. If God speaks to you through pictures, try and pay attention to a picture. Uh, then read it again. It's like really soaking, yeah. like your word earlier, sitting in mm-hmm. a text. Um, read it multiple times, all in one sitting, trying to keep your ears open to the Holy Spirit. Um, you can ask questions like, "How does this fit in contextually with the history of Israel or whatever?" Mm-hmm. But The primary question you should ask is Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now through this text? Yeah. And then typically the Lord will illuminate something. Um, a couple of words might feel like they're really highlighted for some reason, Mm -hmm. pray about those words and then read it again. Mm -hmm. Um, ask God why those words and then read it again, (laughs) just like soak it. Soak yourself in it. Mm. I think Lectio Divina is typically you read it three times through really meditatively.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. That's one way to do it. There's another way to read scripture devotionally that, um, another Catholic saint mm-hmm. came up with that I think is really fun. It's where you read a story and picture yourself in it. So you're supposed to ask questions like, which character wow. am I in this story? Mm-hmm. If I'm imaginatively engaging with the story, say, um, it's the Mary and Ma- Martha story. Mm-hmm. Mary's sitting at Jesus's feet. Martha's up helping have that maybe read to you or read it yourself and imagine yourself in the scene. Yeah. Wh- who are you in the scene? Are you Mary? Are you Martha? Are you someone looking on? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Um, why are you doing what you're doing? How do you feel about what you're doing? How does Jesus interact with you in that moment? Mm-hmm. It's like a really creative, immersive, imaginative experience yeah. with scripture.
1: I love when we, can, when we can engage our imaginations.
0: Oh, isn't it beautiful? Mm-hmm. I think some people do that better than others. Um, and that's just a gifting of the way that the Lord probably speaks. Mm-hmm. But I, it's called... The, um, I can't remember what that technique is called, but that's definitely one way to read Mm -hmm. the Bible devotionally because then like, Oh man, if you find that as you sit in that story, you're Martha, maybe Jesus has some words for you. Yeah. What are you going to do about those words? Mm -hmm. You know, and then that'll really impact your life if you let it. And that's when you're reading scripture less and scripture is actually reading you. Oh, it's the Holy spirit. Wow. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh! I didn't didn't know I was being read right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, another way devotionally, I guess, is through a devotional book. Mm-hmm. Those are also kind of a new modern invention, but that doesn't mean they're bad. Some of them are really beautiful. Oh man, mm-hmm. Jesus Calling. Yeah. Shout out. Know, yeah, that one's so cool. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So well done. Yeah, um, I would not. Take something like that and substitute it for the Bible. I would use it as a supplement Mm -hmm. with the Bible.
1: Um, It's just a way to make it all more relatable and practical and... Yeah. You know, and just makes it all more beautiful.
0: Connects to your heart and to your person. It's a very individualist way to read, but that's not a bad thing. As long as you're doing more than that, I think. Mm -hmm. Again, every way has a pro and a con. Hmm. Wow. Have we, have we given a lot of ways to study? Do you feel like this is, I feel like we're doing pretty good. Okay. I uh, hopefully you listener, if, if you find yourself in any one of these readings, you can think, Oh, maybe I spend a lot of time doing that, Mm -hmm. but I don't spend as much time doing this other thing. And Mm -hmm. I would just encourage you to try and expand your relationship with the Bible by trying something else.
1: And like we've talked about too, you know, acknowledging it as literature and narrative and poetry and engaging with it, um, in those respective ways. You know, the Mm -hmm. Bible isn't just a moral law book that, you know, you just go to when you need an answer or it's not a magic eight ball, um, for your questions. It's meant to essentially kind of have a relationship with, in a weird way of saying it. Um, and so I think encourage, like I encourage you all to, to yeah, begin that relationship if you haven't and not treat it as just like the book of answers because it really is the book of questions. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And if you're looking for like, you know, people of moral regard, the Bible is not full of those people besides Jesus. So,
0: <laughs> Bible's full of a lot of pretty twisted people. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to be like most of them. Yeah,
1: but they do offer us a great mirror into the human experience uh, and might teach us on teach us how to relate to God better.
0: That's good. Can I give an example of that? Yeah, please do. And then maybe we should wrap up. Um Gideon. Do you remember who Gideon is? He's one of the judges. Yeah, it's, I don't know
1: much about Gideon.
0: It's one of those Old Testament books that people don't read a lot unless they're like thinking, hey there, Delilah. Like, because Samson and Delilah, you know? <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> or listening to the song Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. You know that one? Um, <laughs> I heard there was a secret chord. Hey, <laughs> that one. Yeah. Um, But anyway, Gideon. The most famous part of his story, if you're a child reading like children's Bible stories, at least this was my experience, Ah. is God comes to him and says, hey, I want you to lead an army against the bad guys. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. Gideon's like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to put out a fleece um, from a sheep on the ground, God. And if you could make the ground wet with dew, but keep the fleece dry, then I'll believe you. Yeah. And then that's what happens. And then the next day Gideon's like, um, okay, now I want you to make the fleece wet, but the ground dry, because maybe that first thing was just a fluke. Yeah. And so God does it. And then anyway, like you might walk away from this story thinking, huh, I guess if God asks me something, I should give God a couple of tests Mm -hmm. that he should like pass to prove to me that. He really is asking that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's totally a wrong thing, but (laughs) if you zoom out and you look at Gideon, um, as a character, Mm -hmm. he, he starts out kind of like a coward. He's asked by God to destroy the idols Uh and the, the altars where the idols were worshiped. And he does so, but he does it in the middle of the night. So no one sees him. Mm hmm. Um, and he's like questioning God and telling God, no, God, you got the wrong guy. Yeah. So this whole like fleece situation is in the middle of kind of the doubting Gideon saying, yeah, no, God, I I don't trust that this is really you asking me to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm not a military leader. Like ask someone else. Yeah. And that's not a good model of faith. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so if you're looking at that fleece story and you think, oh, I'll just emulate that and God will tell me what I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's not what that story is trying to get you to do. The mm-hmm. story is trying to get you to see someone who is wrestling with trusting God and who's struggling yeah. with it. Um, but then eventually, I mean, the beautiful thing is that God still meets Gideon in his mm-hmm. imperfection. Yeah. And he does. He does allow those tests to happen. And then God is able to use Gideon because ultimately Gideon does end up trusting God, but mm-hmm. it takes him a while. Yeah. So there's an example of like, if I just read that flee story out of context, I would get one thing. Um, but in context, I get a very different thing. The one is, Oh, I should test God every time he calls me to do something and just make sure it actually is him. The second one is, Oh no, I should have faith and step out and trust that God is, Moving in here, and I actually shouldn't put God to the test, mm-hmm. which is a scripture from Deuteronomy that Jesus quotes in the desert. Yeah, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Um, and Gideon kind of breaks that one, um, but God's still gracious to him. So, mm-hmm. anyway, there's an example of like a weakness in devotional reading. Um, is that you could you could potentially pull something out of context and really miss the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's grace for that. Yeah, there's grace in this whole process, which is awesome. And as long as kind of like I said, I think in the last, like we were saying in the last episode, as long as you're reading the Bible and you're doing it with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in humility, yeah, um, it will lead to the right place. You will become like a tree planted by water. So good. You know?
1: Yeah. That's no, that's a ball. good word.
0: So... That's my last soapbox, I think, unless you want me to stand up on another one.
1: No, I think that's good. I think we've we've stood on quite a few soapboxes today. <laughs> Do you Cut. have
0: any concluding thoughts? Um,
1: no. I feel like we gave a pretty good outline on how to read the Bible, how to engage yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel convicted that I should go read the Bible now.
0: <laughs> and maybe that's a good thing. I'm thinking, I mean, myself too. Like if you are listening to this and you've thought the Bible is just too hard, I don't want to read it in here. I've tried and I've quit every time. And the Exodus story, when they start talking about the temple or the tabernacle yeah. instructions <laughs> or Leviticus, <laughs> um, if it's felt daunting, I hope that this encourages you that there's so many ways to engage with it. For sure. Like, You don't, you don't have to bite off the whole
1: Testament to like really get into the Bible. (laughs) Like, don't feel like it's like this overwhelming thing.
0: Yeah. Like I I hear people say things like I've been in John 15 for a whole year. (laughs) And while that is lacking a lot of things, that's also beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like praise God that you can sit in one chapter and God continues to reveal significance and truth of what it means to abide in the vine. You Mm -hmm. know? Totally. Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Like if that's continuing to wreck you yeah. day after day, then never leave John 15. Well, right. well no, you should leave John yeah. 15, but consider it's, other it's, things.
1: It's taught you to abide in John 15. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 what about John 16 or 14? <laughs> 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 yeah. So I hope nobody hears the way you read the Bible is wrong. That's not the message here. It's no. just consider it more creatively and do other things too. Um, cause it's, it's an incredible book. And if you, if you mix up the way that you approach it, I think you'll see it in new and exciting ways. So good. Mm. Well, Benjamin, thanks for sharing your passion about the Bible. Yeah. thanks. For I letting love it. Go off.
1: It's great. No, it's so good. It's we need, good we book. need, we need more of it. And I appreciate your, uh, your teacher gifting your mm. teacher heart.
0: Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any thoughts or questions or comments for us, listener, please email us at deepwaters@riverhouseministries at dot com, not org, common mm-hmm. misconception. Yeah, it's a, it's a com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> common misconception. Yeah,
0: there you go.
1: Dot com. Yeah, and we uh, <laughs> hope you join us for uh, a service at Riverhouse on at the Vineyard, Boise, at four p.m.
0: on Sundays. And if you're really enjoying this conversation and you want to dive into other parts of the Bible, then consider joining Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Either now or in the future. Totally. It'll be around.
1: It's happening now. And right now, we're doing How to Read the Bible. There'll be more in the future. Mm-hmm. So good. You just said that. I just repeated you. I'm sorry.
0: Thanks. Repetition is the father of learning. I repeat repetition <laughs> is the father of learning. <laughs> oh, praise God.
1: <laughs> I hope you guys have a great weekend.
0: Uh, bye.